Welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. These podcasts are designed to motivate, educate, and to inspire you to take huge action in your life, to change your life from this moment on. I interview inspiring guests with amazing stories that you can hopefully learn from, relate to, and spur you on to achieve big things. If you want to follow my personal journey and all the different things that we do, please follow me on Instagram, which is Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property. Or on YouTube, my page is Terry Blackburn property. Me, myself, I've been from rags to riches, had nothing. Now I've built multiple businesses earning over millions of pounds. I have a multi-million pounds portfolio of property up in the northeast of England. I am by no means done yet. So please get in touch if you love the show. If you have any feedback for me, I'd really appreciate that. And I'm happy to help as many people as I possibly can. That's what this show is all about. So enjoy the episode. Take care, have a fantastic day, and don't just take notes, take action. Hi, and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. Today's guest is a guy called Mike Aspinall. He's got a really interesting story. He's went from professional sports into property, into business. Um, He was professional at rugby. He went into professional coaching also. He now has a very successful sourcing business. We'll find out a little bit more about that. which I'm quite interested in. He's got a six or seven-ish million uh, portfolio himself. That was just from the the chat that we had. We weren't exactly sure how much, but um, very successful in what he does. I understand from my own research, battlelets, HMOs, commercial conversions, commercial to resi. So experienced guy, really knows his stuff. And I'm quite impressed by his business acumen as well, which which we'll get into. So um, welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the lack of detail in the numbers, but <laughs> probably shows you a little bit about where I'm at um, as a as a property business model. Um, I couldn't tell you because I honestly don't know exactly what we're buying or what's been or what we're not at the moment. That's more my <laughs> yeah. side of things, um, but that's leverage. So yeah. we'll, we'll take that one. Yeah, definitely. I think I think when you go through huge growth quickly it is quite hard to keep track of it right i'm a bit like that i'll look at it at the end of the year typically but i don't know day to day exactly what it's worth and what it's producing i mean are you in the similar same sort of boat there yeah definitely definitely um there was a there was a time where i could tell you how exactly how many houses i had and you know where we were from a cash flow perspective or where i was from a a percentage you know um occupation and i Definitely couldn't tell you that for the last couple of years. And and I I, I sort of say it with tongue-in-cheek, I actually don't think it's a good thing, is it? Because um, it'd be nice to have those reports and and actually be accurate with that. But we have people looking after it. Hannah is more in charge of what we're buying, what we're not. I'll do the numbers on every deal on the back of the fag packet. You know, I don't smoke. But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah look that works that hits what we're after are you happy with where it was how it looks yes 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 off you go and then you know the rest of it's taken care of by uh, by the process by the team so um there is a there is a system to it but um i'm quite a vision strategy kind of holistic thinker and so digging into the the finer details all the time is is um it's not something that i it's not something that turns me on it's not something that i feel the need to know yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I do kind of relate to that personally as well. I think it's when you're running other businesses and you're doing your, your own portfolio stuff, it's, there's only so much you can do. And what I do like about, I listened to a, a presentation that Mike done on the Prosperity Zoom. 
I love the delegation element of Mike's business, which we'll get into um, a bit later on. But, um, but yeah, I'll just pull it back. So the, the normal process or the normal um, way we run the show is we talk about your career, Mike, so far, the start of it, how you got into property and business, the middle part, which is all the exciting part, the growth part, the big things that you've achieved, and then the current, which is what your attention is on right now and where you're going. So just a brief overview of those three parts, really, Mike. So the start, how did you first get into property and get into business, please? Um, so getting into property was, what would it be, 31, I guess, 32. Um, Hannah, my wife and I had had our first child and really, you know, I've said this, this plenty of times at that stage, um, it certainly wasn't rags. We were comfortable i was a, at that time a professional uh, rugby coach and hannah was a, a medical sales representative she made more money than i did um, and we were comfortable and, and it, was, it was having a child for me that honey my uh, my eldest daughter that created um, almost a dissatisfaction with what we had and i don't necessarily mean that in, in terms of the car i was driving or or the house that i was living in but I had this this creation and I wanted everything for her and I wanted the time and the freedom to spend with her as I, I saw fit. Um, so, you know, that, that created a, a dissatisfaction for sort of where we were and we went ahead kind of the, that mindset of looking for something else. Um, oh. <laughs> you didn't plan that, did you? That was the <laughs> for the people watching, yeah. That's the other one. Um, <laughs> He's you got, sorry, sorry in the room, mate. You got two, right? Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. Two kids, yeah, same as me. Yeah. Bodhi, he's four, and he's ill off his second day of school, which has been great. <laughs> yeah. We've been scheduling over the last four years. <laughs> mate, can you just go see Grumpy for a sec? Go. Go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know the feeling. I'm in the office today. Normally, uh, my, that's normally what happens to me. The kids running. But no, mate, sorry. Um, so yeah, and 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 so we we, we came across um, uh, a free you know property two hour thing, and first one to the back of the room, and um, first one to the back of the room in, in the in the in the other seminar, and um, you know it, it's horrific because we we did the whole drastically overpriced property education, and you know I'm I'm really proud to say we're probably you know the people that they go oh you see it works look what they did. Um, because we started the journey, we had £30,000 from the sale of Hannah's property when we moved in together. And that was it. Like, you know, everybody knows property is a, a good model. Let's make as much money as we can from our jobs. Let's save as hard as we can. Maybe we can buy a property every other year or something. Um, and then the education is the education. We spent £25,000 of that £30,000 capital that we had on education. And the rest is history. Now, people still say to me, and I love this, it was it worth it? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's something that there's a theme for us, and we're skipping, but we've always invested and backed ourselves. So we've invested in ourselves and backed ourselves to make it worthwhile. Was the education worth 25 grand? We made it worth hundreds of thousands of pounds you know and, and continue to invest in ourselves i've just come from a mastermind this morning you know where we paid some money to be in a room and i know there's people in that room that know certain things that i don't know and will continue to 
make those investments worthwhile. Um, and that's you know something that I think Hannah and I have done well is invested in ourselves and put ourselves on the line. And you know we know when it when it comes sort of time to to back ourselves and make those investments worth it, whether that be property or or education of people, then you know you're backing on yourself. Aren't you? Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's a couple of things I'd like to talk about on there. First of all, how how long ago was this? How long have you been in property? So from that course to now? So this six and a half years. Six and a half years. That's that's even more impressive when you find out a bit more about Mike's portfolio and what he's achieved and the business behind it. Six years is quite a short period of time in relation to to, to what you've achieved. So that, that's quite impressive. Um, fair play to you. Um, so, yeah, so that was the start, sorry. So, and also, yeah, I'd just like to talk about as well, I think the fact that you just said you're still going to a mastermind is something that people can hopefully take from this and, and learn from is regardless of your level and where you're at, there's always somebody more than you, uh, who knows more than you, who is doing more than you. You've just said there's people in the room who know more. And I think that's a mindset thing, right? I think some people might I think six seven million quid portfolio I've made it now I'm the man but you're not <laughs> thinking like that which seems to be a common trait in uh, in in professionals yeah I think um with property that's complete naivety isn't it to think you know it all because I don't think there is anybody who's reached that stature um oh. <clears throat> at all you know I was just on holiday with a guy who's multi multi-millionaire developing in um Jersey um who's a He's a, he's a mate, Mohammed's friends, and he's a mate who's, I don't know, his rent rolls, I think, sort of five million a year, wow. net cash flow. And, and so the, the wonderful thing about property is it has, we're all, we're all in our own little universes, whether we're buying our second buy to let or whether we're developing or whatever. We're all, you know, we spend time in those brackets, but it, you've only got to sort of lift your head up and have a little look around to feel humbled and feel kind of like you're, you're nothing. And there's something I quite like about that because, funnily enough, one of the conversations this morning is was around stretching, um, which I think is really important for me. For me, happiness is about stretching, not physically, but mentally and, and feeling like we're progressing, but also gratitude and trying to sort of marry the two together and, and continue to on that, that journey going forward. Um, Hannah and I are people, probably Hannah a little bit more than me, who need uh, activity, purpose, and and stretching, if you will, growth to feel happiness. Um, but for anybody with a roof over their head, and you know, certainly the the sort of things that you and I have accomplished, and if you're not grateful for for being on that journey at whatever stage you are, then you need your head looking at because we're all very privileged. So, Love that. Um, just a bit off topic, but you've just made us, I've actually just started um, mentor being mentored by somebody who's very, very big into property. He's very, very big into gratitude as well. So he's got me writing down every morning things that I'm grateful for. Out of interest, do you do that? Do you practice that exercise? You do, yeah? Yeah. How, how long have you done that for? Years. Um, oh, really? Yeah, maybe three Oh wow! Um, little inconsistent, especially on holidays. As uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't so you've got to give yourself some time off. It, yeah, you know? yeah. You think you'd be more grateful on holiday, right? But um, 
holiday with two kids, as I'm sure you know, is pretty hectic. <laughs> yeah, it's and, not uh, relaxing, that's for sure. Amount of, of routine to fall back on. For people, <laughs> but yeah, it was massive to me. And, um, you know, I, my, my parents were teachers. We grew up in a, in a nice area of Leeds in a very standard semi-detached property. And we didn't want for anything um, as such, but we certainly didn't have the, the best of the best of everything and in an area where the best of everything was quite easy to to see um and so yeah i'm i'm, I'm like gratitude for me is just it's a piece of being grounded for me who i am as a person and that shouldn't prevent me from making millions and millions and millions but i have a very clear i've said this to on another sort of podcast somewhere that i have a very very clear picture of me in five years time you know and i don't I have several mentors. All my mentors in business are younger than me, more successful than me financially, and they spend all their time on it. And I have an unbelievable amount of respect for them. But success to me, because I'm 38 years old, two children, and an ex-athlete, is health, wealth, love, and happiness. And so if I was to pour all of myself into our businesses and our investments, I'd make more money. But I wouldn't be happy and I'm completely aware of that on a values-based level right back at the beginning. So staying connected to being grateful for where I am, stretching myself to where I want to be in all of those sectors um, and segmenting time to push myself in those areas is, is happiness to me. I also think it's probably, you know, the only game I'm never going to win. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you, there's no there's no outcome there's no goal there's no there's no end product but um yeah works for me i'm yeah, happy with that, so it works for me yeah definitely and, and happiness means different things to, to to different people doesn't it like you rightly say and i i think that's really powerful what you said um I've personally got mates you i'm sure you do too where they've sac they've thrown themselves so much into work that that's neglected and, and damaged their family life, their friendships, relationships, just for the the gain of wealth. When in reality, if you've got loads of money, but you've got no one to spend it with or on, it doesn't really matter anyway, does it? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's re really powerful what you said there. Um, co completely. Yeah, agree, so. you know, I don't, I don't want to sort of come across with sort of seven, eight minutes into the interview, I don't want to come across that I'm not financially driven. Like, you know, one of our goals this year is making net a million quid from the businesses, forget the property. Like, we're, we're, we're money orientated, but yeah. that's yeah. the success. That's the league table, right? Like I'm not in rugby. Yeah. I don't get to win or lose. I get to make money or not. <laughs> yeah, that's so winning the league in the cup, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Also, I think for some reason, especially in this country, I don't think America is the same. But this country, money's a bit of a taboo subject, isn't it? You're like frowned upon if you say you're chasing this much or you earn this much. It's frowned upon, isn't it? When yeah, exactly. there's, there's nothing wrong with it because you can do a lot of good with money. And Absolutely. We also fall into this bracket of like, you can't have it all. And then that's, that is probably the one thing that just motivates me so much. I was a father when I started property and business. And I always said, like, I don't want to be the multimillionaire who missed his kids' upbringing. <laughs> he says, ushering Bodhi yeah. out of the room. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, that, 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 was, that stuck with me. I needed to stay true to that all the way along. But, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm the best dad that I have the capacity to be, and I challenge myself on it. But 
you know, we're going to do as well as we can do our property and business as well. For me, you know, that's why I say it's the game that you'll never win because I do want it all. You know, let's be clear about it. I want it all. Love, health, wealth, happiness. I want to maximise. I want to live in abundance of all those things. Um, and chasing that for me creates a, a life that I'm you know, happy with. Yeah, progression is happiness. Yeah, oh, we went deep early, mate. I know. Yeah, I didn't know where I came from, <laughs> but uh, powerful, man. Powerful. I love that. I could talk about this all day. To be fair, <laughs> um, thank you for that. But I think that's. I think a lot of people would have hopefully learned something there. And maybe a little light bulb moment went off, and actually, the maybe thought, well, you know what, you can't. You know, they might have just learned something. So, I thank you for sharing that. I think again, it's 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 a good topic. For sure. Um, but if we pull it back to your story, so we've talked about how we got into property, we've caught, done the course, obviously, from there to now, six and a half years is quite a difference, I think, in where you are financially in, in business and in property. So give us just some of the highlights within that middle sort of section, um, if you can, please. I know there's probably a few, but any, any what what really jumps to, what really jumps out if someone said to you, What's the biggest and best thing you've achieved in property and then in business? What what would you say? Oh, wow. I mean, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, there's a few sort of highlighted moments. <clears throat> Everyone can relate back to their first deal. And for us, it was a six-bed HMO in Leeds in an area where it wasn't really done. Um, and, you know, you're going about six years now. It was, it, in, in, in the end, ended up a money-in, money-out deal albeit we refinanced at 85% cause we had to. Um, yeah. well, also, is that because you wouldn't have had enough for the next year? We didn't have money, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. obviously we could have, you know, there's ways and means, but um, so straight away against the training, which honestly is, is probably one of the themes of, of, of certainly me of like, I will take all this education, but I will always make my own mind. And like, I'm, I'm a, a work best in charge. I, I think for myself, I think it was really difficult to coach as a rugby player because I challenged everything that I heard. Um, but, you know, the, to, to, to accomplish that is great. And I think we sort of did that there or thereabouts for our first three deals. And one of the, at that stage, I left rugby. So it was kind of like three HMOs, you know, circa two and a half, three grand. I could afford to leave. We always figured it would be Hannah who left because I genuinely loved what I did but as I said before she earned more money than I did so <clears throat> it was a I'd reached a point where I felt I couldn't progress anymore with the team I was working with we didn't want to move the family around the country for me to get progressive coaching jobs which were there for me so we made that decision I went out into property now six months into that period of time which is a scary period of time right You're like wow I've got all my time here I've just recognized I don't have a clue what I'm doing I don't have a clue about the property world I've just managed to do two or three deals and one strategy and now I've got my time and I'm kind of going oh full-time property really quite <laughs> mentally can be quite tough but a mentor of mine who's uh who's a, a development partner of mine uh, in, in, in the previous years spoke at our wedding and I actually met a guy called Rich Hall on, um, on our first ever property course, just a chance meeting. Lovely, lovely bloke. And being a kind of unofficial mentor of mine and business partner. And he said, Mike's is amazing. You've proved it can work. You know, you've got your money in, you've got your money out. You managed to create a little bit of freedom and time. 
this is amazing. But we all know that that isn't going to happen all the time. And you can't afford for it to happen once, sort of thing. So he said, and, and, and Rich at the time was 50 years old and owned a very lucrative construction company and was buying property off the profits of that construction company. So he was a, a different model completely. And he said, okay, so how are you now going to make money to invest that money to create that cash flow and create that wealth and equity and, and, and everything that we know and love about wealth generation? And I was just like, wow, simple, simple question, but just left me with it. Um, and within three months, the, the MPP group idea was formulated in my head as I saw, you know, what can I do? What do I know? And I was full-time in the property market. I was finding more opportunity than we could buy. We didn't have any capital. So it was, it was there and it started to source deals. Then the questions of, yeah, we'll have that deal. Can you refurbish it for me? Furnish it for me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's a natural evolution of a business model there was created. Um, and like most entrepreneurial journeys, you started off by doing everything yourself, a business partner in the construction company, which we've since passed uh, parted ways. And, um, you know, <laughs> I remember there's two of us in, a, in an office with no windows, yeah, yeah. Done. and I promised him we were going to make enough money this year to pay his wage you know and I wouldn't take anything until then and it was you know it was just there was nothing behind it mate there was no there was no seed capital there was it was a wing, wing and a prayer and um, you know again you, you're backing yourself fair play love that and you know rags to riches doesn't necessarily mean you know, homeless to millionaire or drug addict to millionaire it doesn't mean it you can be rags you can go from it's just going from nothing to something yeah. Which is what I've really done there. And, and even now, I mean, what does MPP, I know you mentioned the target there of what you want to net this year. How many deals do you source on an average month at MPP? Just to give the listeners an idea of scale and volume, what, what would you do on an average month? Yeah, I think over the last 12, well, when we get back to June, I think over 12 months from June to June, we were we were averaging sort of 15 to 20 deals a month, um, probably more towards the 20. In the last two or three months, obviously, I'm sure everybody... In, in, the, in the market out there going, geez, how'd you find any deals? Well, I think we're probably doing about eight or nine over the last three months. Oh, and it's quite yeah. tough. But yeah, you know, we had a little off-air chat about systems and processes. We're actually using that period of time to slow down, um, to, to sort of put better processes, personnel systems in place, because we, we fundamentally, I believe, over-traded a little bit last year. We were so successful with what we did that actually delivering all those properties for people was, was was tough work, especially where we are with the construction industry at the moment. So yeah, so, and, yeah. and just get just getting the deals through, and then like you're right, you say getting them refurbed is, is another part of this. It's obviously finding them. I do believe there's deals out there. You know, a lot of people are shouting on on certainly social media. There's nothing out there. It's very it is harder than before, isn't it? But you're finding that many. I found a load this year. Like they are there if you're looking hard enough. And you're yeah. looking in the right places and using the right strategies. Um, but yeah, a different part of that is the conveyancing is probably, I don't know how you're finding it. I'm finding it three to four months, isn't it? It's horrific. Um, then build as construction, not only materials, but time keeping and getting the trades. Like That's a different ball game as well. So um, yeah, that, that, that's quite impressive. So um, tell us a little bit about, well, before actually, before we go on to your personal stuff, let's just focus on MPP for a sec. Um, 
So in order to do that many deals, what does your what does your team look like? You know, there must be a, a good back end team, you know, there must be a team behind you, there must be systems, processes, you know, must be well structured. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What does that look like? Yeah, so I think first, first, first off, it's probably um, un- unbelievably we we certainly as entrepreneurs, and, and I, I'm a I'm a very entrepreneurial guy, and by that I mean I'm super keen to create a vision and start, and then I'm kind of like, oh, this is great. Somebody want to do something with this because this isn't my bag. Um, yeah. we paid the price for for that a little bit um with that comes some more self-awareness of you know where you're good and where you're not but um the it, it's it's grown organically over time to the point i think probably mentioned when i was talking with the, with prosperity that we put an md in place you know so i'm no longer in charge of the day-to-day running of that business because fundamentally i was in the way of that um i'm not a analytical process guy i'm a vision creator bringing the right teams together and outlining processes i'm not like in the ground level of day to day so you know we've we've had to make those moves over the past year which has been great um the the infrastructure now in that office kind of looks like three salespeople. um by sales it's a mix of, of selling to clients and finding properties um sales progression in-house obviously not the solicitors but somebody working full-time just pushing yeah with with clients on that um we've we've had marketing two people in marketing in-house i'm giggling because now now we're starting again and i'm actually instagram i'm in the marketing department how's that you now yeah very short term (laughs) in the office but um, (laughs) so we're hiring back into into that area at the moment um and then in the construction we've got sort of management and uh management levels project management three of them and then um administrative people sat underneath that i mean geez construction yeah, <laughs> yeah. Worst, worst industry ever. I, um, I could only imagine an yeah. absolute yeah. necessity, obviously, <laughs> for, for what we do. And then um, changing spaces is our interior design company again, organically grown from the successes that we've had. There's three people, three girls working in that business at the moment. Um, and then we have, as I said, marketing, work in progress, and, and accounts for the group. So we're, we're running about 15 people at the moment, and. Um, I think sort of it's 18 and 19 really that right bums on seats that we're going for. Um, last year has sort of taught us that the right bums on seats are absolutely critical and I'd rather, you know, do some Instagram posts and, and whatever myself really doesn't take me a huge amount of time and tick along there rather than have the wrong people. Um, doesn't save you any time. You'll know yourself as a business owner. Um, trying to get these these people right and these processes right. Yeah, yeah. Really, really build on. Um, yeah. but it's good, you know. It's we. I don't. I'm good. More than happy to say, pretty transparent. We won't make that million quid net from those businesses this year. I doubt we've got two months left in our financial year. Um, but I was thinking about this. On, you know, I was thinking about sort of coming to speak to you, and it made me realise I'm not. I'm a goal setter, but I just really enjoy the process. I really just enjoy the journey. You know, if you're setting a million quid net goal through your trading businesses, bear in mind we're investors and developers, and you don't hit it, 
I, and I, our MD found this very strange, right? Because she's an experienced managing director. And I was like, I don't care if we don't hit it. She said, well, what is that? I don't, I don't understand. And I was like, well, if we, make, if we make half a million quid, that's half a million quid. And she was like, yeah, but you're miles off target. And I'm like, it's, yeah, but it's half a million quid. <laughs> yeah, you still doing well. Really, like, it sounds a bit kooky, but for me, the money's a byproduct. Like, I'm really passionate about trying to deliver some quality to our clients in a very difficult market. I mean, geez, I wish I'd come up with a better business model because you and I both know that nothing's straightforward in property, you know, <laughs> or no. business or stuff. I've never <laughs> done a deal, which was exactly what I said on the tin. <laughs> for you. So you're managing expectations from me off. There's a lot of moving parts. And as, as you've just said, you know, business, businesses and people as well. So I'm, I'm sort of, I'm more passionate about trying to create some, some good deals for our clients and a great working environment for, for those people that are giving the MPP group their time, you know, and, and, and put, pouring themselves into that and, and creating opportunity and a great working environment for them. And the money's a byproduct of that. You know, when we get all that all right, we'll, we'll go and take that goal and the next goal and the next goal. And, and for me, it's, as I said to you, it's, it's, it's the scoreboard, you know. And, and so if we, we'll see where we come to, we won't be a million miles away, but we will see where we come to on the scoreboard and it'll just be, great, this was fun. What did we get right? What we, well, where are we moving on to? I think I'm fortunate enough to sort of, to enjoy the journey. Um, and, and the goals are, you know, the goals will always be reset whether you hit them or not. And I've, I've witnessed that on a sporting level. You need know, to win the league and it's awesome. The party lasts at night. But what happens the next day? After training, yeah, 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 that's it. I, I, I can relate to that, and I'm sure listeners can. Half the time, me personally, anyway, I'm assuming people will be the same. Half the time for a goal for me, if I'm if it's a 12 month goal and nine months in, it looks like I'm going to do it. Before I've even got it, I've moved the goal to something bigger. Yeah, and I'm, I just do that all, and I don't know what's wrong with it. I don't know why I do that. I just, I just constantly do that and I think you'll be the same you know successful people are typically like that aren't they but yeah enjoy the journey it's having a laugh enjoying it making a few quid you know for you and your family that, that's what it's all about um a couple of things I just wanted to ask on that um I'm quite interested in this answer I've got a, a decent sized team as I was t- talking to you about um a couple of years back I, I, don't, I can't actually remember what spurred it on but I thought I would need to improve this team culture because people perform so much better in an environment where they want to come to work. They come here because they want to, not because they have to. And a lot of that, I feel, is probably related to sports. So there's a lot of similarity between sports. You were a coach as well. So um, I'm just quite fascinated in team culture. I feel that we've got a great one here in, in my businesses. We're all friends. We'll go out socially, do lots of things together, as well as is. is sort of colleagues but friends as well but what would you say from someone who's managed professional sports people so who's also also managed businesses what would you say is sort of your advice for building that team culture and pulling a team together and and, and yeah managing people and teams what would you say there's a long there's a long or a short answer to this <laughs> whatever you want to say whatever you want to say whatever you whatever you think is the best answer do you want to do you want to let me share a screen for two seconds? 
Uh, yeah, we're we're recording the audio on podcast, but if you want to share it for the visual, absolutely. Oh yeah, no, of course. So we're on podcast, so um, we're recording the video as well. But um, yeah, we'll go with a slight short answer. The only reason I um, said that is because we, or oh, I had a meeting two weeks ago on on the morning morning with the team, and I and I showed them um, <clears throat> a, a bit of a what sort of building the foundations of a high performing culture, which was something you know. This for me was probably one of my strongest suits as a professional rugby coach or a director of rugby. Um, and by getting the culture is a massively overused statement in professional sport. Most people pay it some lip service and talk about it kind of once, twice a year. Um, and, and we at the club, I spent the most time with massively overachieved with virtually no budget fundamentally down to the environment that we created now <clears throat> there are a lot of um, overlaps from sport to business but there are obviously differences as well one i'm working with you know 18 to 30 year old high testosterone men in, a, <laughs> yeah, you know, in, in an environment <laughs> where there's a huge competition for places you know in any business you're working with a much diverse sort of person mm. and you're not fortunate enough to have that competition element for for places. You know, as a rugby player, you're not getting picked week in, week out. You know, there's as as a, as a coach, there's your leverage straight away. Um, very different in in in, uh, in business. But to share with you just a, a couple of the things that I felt were important. I have a foundational layer of like clear and and concise communication, and that should be constant. And that's management. To, to personnel and, and vice versa. We believe, or I believe in a very, I, I don't like layers of corporate BS. I just don't see the need for it. We're a privately owned company, so we can talk to each other like this. And for, again, for better or worse, I'm a very transparent guy. And, I, and if my staff are watching this, they're not seeing anybody any different. They say, oh, it's Mike, same guy. Same guy I went for a beer with last Friday. Same guy who rocked up on Monday morning and told us what he wants from the week. So, um, during trans transparent communication and that's built then several pillars obviously the, the 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 foundation layer there is is goals and purposes like what are we here to achieve have we got clarity on what we are here to achieve what does success look like for me as an individual what does success look like for the business and how do the two relate um and then we go through the pillars for me of, of things that are, are very useful one is values what are your business values? Do they connect with you as an individual? If they don't, are you the right person for that? And I think obviously your business is bigger than mine from a personnel point of view, and that probably becomes more and more difficult. The other is rituals. So, you know, what rituals do we have as a group of people that, that we will habitually do that make us, you know, from, from a, a Monday morning meeting where we're setting out the, the tasks for the week, to going for a beer on a Thursday night or whatever that is. Like, what are the rituals that create your environment? Um, <clears throat> the other things are bits like education for me. You know, if you, if you want the right people in those, in those right bums on seats, how are you helping them grow? Um, you know, I'm, I am a big believer and quite critical of myself for, for some of the time that the MPP group's been live of, not investing enough in people um 
despite the fact that I'm a coach as a person and I kind of want to do that, obviously there's, there's only so many hours in the day, but education should be a part of that. Um, and then you kind of, connection for me is is another one. And <laughs> this is one of the things that by the time I finished rugby, it wasn't connection, it was love. And I once proved, um, did this presentation to the sports psychology um, master's students at Leeds Beckett University, and they could not get their heads around the fact that this rugby playing guy who probably looked more beaten up at the time than he does now was talking about love. But I was like, guys, what else is there? You know, if if I, I toned it down for MPP because, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the, it's, it's more of a corporate environment. And so it was connection. But if you're not feeling connected to the people that you work with and the company you're working for and take that as deep as you can, you're not going to produce your best work. That is actually okay. sounds kooky, but it's really easy on a rugby level, right? Because, you know, it's it's like the army. It's a brotherhood. It's, it's people that you're depending on. And so, you know, I huge amount of love for the people that I played with and coached with and that'll never change. Now, if you can create that sort of environment, there's nothing you can't do. So it's, it's, it's not, there is no quick answer there, but yeah. Yeah. But no, that, that, that's a really great answer. I love, I love that. The, the um, biggest, the biggest thing that I would throw back at, at absolutely anybody is like consistency. You don't get a good culture by thinking about it once a year. You get it by, rituals business habits continued connections you know and it's it's an everyday thing and it's it's um paying giving value to the little things it's also not a business owner's responsibility it's an ownership of the of the team from everybody and everybody buying into trying to invest in themselves and their their environment so yeah something that honestly i could go on about all day no no, no, that's fascinating from someone who's you know, coached at the top level in, in rugby um, to say a lot of those things. I love, you know, communication, clarity, education, you know, honestly, all them things. I think you you, you bang on and, and and I try to do my best in those areas, running a large team. I think it's so, so important. And like you, what you just said at the end resonated as well with me. I think some people think I'll just have a Christmas do and I'll buy the lads some beers and, you know, that'll pull them all together. Good team culture. Not It's not a one-time thing. You know, it's a constant thing. Um, right bums on seats I like that that you said also because I've, I've found that you might find that with the market and people hence why they're not there I've certainly had the wrong people in certain positions multiple times um, o- over the years for sure but sometimes those certain people can be cancerous that can spread the negativity and and damage different parts of the business corner I think um, right bums on seats is a simple concept but it's a it's a very important concept um, not a simple solution as you well know you know with the amount of interviews well, yeah recruitment's hard man yeah, yeah. especially hard. in this market yeah I, I mean are you finding that like we 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 can't get people applying I'm like what is it what is going on like I don't, I don't understand the, uh, it yeah we could go into the economic yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a long time but it's definitely not yeah. what we all thought it would be and um, no. the the uh, the entitlement that I'm finding out there when people are looking for jobs is kind of, well, one, one might assume it will change in the coming sort of three to six months, but at the Hopefully. moment, people only kind of want a job if it absolutely sits them to a T. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on from that subject because we're going to have a little rant about that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> um, love that. So, so we talked about some of the big things that you've done. So what is, 
You mentioned one of your goals. What is your retention on right now? Is there any strategy in particular or is there anything that you're really, really focusing on at the moment in terms of your business life or your property life? What, what is it you're sort of focusing on right now? Um, yeah, uh, multiple things. And I think a, a relatively short attention span, so it bodes well for me to, to have lots of different plates spinning. But um, from a business point of view, um, really sort of still trying to get the team to understand that we're we're slowing down and it's, it's kind of slowing down to go faster in the future. Um, there are so many opportunities out there for us saying no to quite a lot because I just want to embed the right people in the right processes so that we don't under deliver um, is something that I'm super keen on at the moment. So I'm working with Sean, our MD, um, you know, several times a week on, on that big vision of who do we need, how do we need it? And, and those processes will be bringing in somebody next month just purely to work on processes and tech. So we're sort of, you know, we'll trade, we'll probably, you know, we'll do 10 deals this month and we'll tick along and, and that's a profitable business, don't get me wrong. But mm. my time in the MPP group at the moment is spent on on making sure that process and structure mm. is there. Because also that's that's the only thing that allows me to drift further and further away from it and, and it be successful. Mm. Um, so that's it from a business point of view. From um, investing-wise, I, I sort of split it for myself, like trading businesses, developing um and, and investing from an investing side of things i don't really think we're buying <laughs> famous last words um <laughs> at the moment we are coming out of the back of maybe five or six sort of properties in refurb and refinance and mm. almost just a little bit of a cycle i think we, we pretty much hit our targets for this year from a cash flow point of view or bought enough property to, to do that so in the last sort of five months of the year, I'll foresee that just being refurb, refinance, and just sort of collect ourselves again. Um, mm -hmm. Would it surprise me if we bought again? No, not particularly. But the, the the grand plan is that we're not we're not particularly needing to buy to to hit our targets. Um, and then developing wise, we're coming out the back of um, two, and sort of one one completed and just sales going through cost me a arm and a leg to be honest with you on finance we're holding we've held it for longer than intended sales have not been as easy uh, as intended and, and refurb took a little bit longer than intended wow who knew um, <laughs> yeah. and so yeah that, that one's a uh, few lessons learned not going to be the uh, the most lucrative deal in the world but shouldn't lose uh, lose any money and then um yeah one just just closed all sold out and just sort of needs to get utilities through and that should overachieve its targets, to be honest with you, hopefully. Um, and nice. then we're, yeah, we're going into our next, just in, just mucking about in legals with, with an, the next development, as I see those were, which is investor or private residential sales um, for the professional market. So we've got one more of those coming through in Leeds. That'd be a nice, a nice project. And then we're, we're shifting a little bit in our developing side and, and looking at several opportunities to develop um, more on a exit to um, hedge, hedge funds, pension funds, and, yeah. and some sort of long-term lease stock plays there as well. So it's a, that's kind of a new problem for us that we're, that we're, we're looking at as well. So 
There's always a lot going on, but um, as I say, it's just, for me, the enjoyment is working on the team to deliver in those areas. I honestly don't get a huge amount of enjoyment from doing anymore in anything. Like, (laughs) the reason, like, Terry and I are laughing because I sent him a message this morning. I think we're, you know, portfolio is about six or seven million. That's quite a bit of a a shift in this. (laughs) Yes, I know, yeah. Because I I think I've been, honestly, I've been to one property that we own this year. And they just don't do anything for me. I know when I started that there was a mentor who said, you know, the little boxes of cash flow money. And I thought, I cannot believe that you're talking about property like that, you know. I know the intricacies of my second HMO and I'm project <laughs> thing and this and that, you know, um, and it's, it feels like it's sort of ripped the, the feeling and the heart out of it. Mm. Yeah, you've only been to one of your houses, why don't you care? And I'm like, no, I care, but I care more. I, I get more pleasure out of working on the team to deliver in, in any of those areas. Um, and that's, that's what investing is to me. You know, they're, they're little, little segments of the business that we it's just the product we produce so I like working on the team I, I said to somebody a week ago that property for me has always been about the people that's what I love I, I love working with people I genuinely care for people I think you know at nature have I progressed a huge amount I'm still a coach here I was and just that was literally what I was just about to say do you think that's from your coaching days but it, it absolutely, is. yeah absolutely is yeah absolutely is and I'm okay with that and I think you know again I believe in covering your blind spots of you know recruited an MD because I'm, I'm not the right person for that I have a huge amount of ability that helps her and I become her mentor and her support and all the rest of it but um you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a, as much as I believe in growth and, and evolution, I think it's this, this stage of the journey, Terry, it's about what you enjoy. And I enjoy working on the people. Um, if I go to a property, it's because I probably need some Instagram content. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the marketer now, remember? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love that, love that. And um, yeah, I can believe a lot of the stuff that you're saying and um, something just sprung to mind about, about what I'm, Kind of hearing from you there is someone told me a phrase, I can't remember who it was now, but he said the definition of a business is a is a commercial and profitable enterprise that runs and grows without you, the director, founder, whatever you call yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and you've you've done that. You the MD getting in, that that is MPP is con, is grown, it's profitable. That's a proper business. If it's just Mike doing the viewings, doing the refib, that's not a business, is it? That's you've just created a job for yourself. No. Um and it sounds like you, you've you've done that really well. And I, I, what I'm picking up is this this sport and coaching background is um is still there, and it, it it's really yeah. um it's really important because it, it is about relationships, right? Business is relationships. It, it is. I think so. I think it's a huge huge amount to do with relationships, but also knowing your strengths and weaknesses is pivotal as a business owner, isn't it? You know, if I was to spend long self-aware, like you said, yeah, self-aware yeah. is muscle. Yeah. So you got you got to know where you are, and I think I'm um, self-aware enough to know where I'm strong. So by employing an MD, you know, I care about the people, so it actually gives me more time to work on the people. You know, I only want to be in the office or two or three times a week. I don't work long days, and we'll touch on that in a minute. But I also want to have a 
a great passion and skill set that I want to use to its full potential. And, you know, right bums on seats is for me too. You, know, you don't want to get in the way of your own business because you started it and you're the founder. It's not, it's not what it's about. And I, I, I set those businesses up with, with that in mind. I, I never wanted, and again, I'll, I'll credit a mentor of mine, Rich Hall with this. He was, you know, he was a, he was a businessman. He was a business owner. He understood, understood the power of leverage. So, you know, exchanging time for money was something that needed to be done at the beginning of the entrepreneurial journey to create business, to then grow a system and, and leverage and everything else. And, you know, we've not finished there. There's Hannah's still more involved than I am. And I think she likes it that way. Um, but, but there's, there's still a lot of work to do to create that truly sort of passive, highly, highly leveraged piece. And along that way, we'll find our, our line of where we, where we want to sit. And I know that mine will be further back than Hannah's just by kind of what, what you need out of life, what purpose you need. But just the, the one thing that I, I just sort of came across there, th this I think is from, from the people that you and I look, will look up to Terry and trust some of them are saying, you know, I've said to you before, every mentor of mine is younger than me, you know, makes a lot more money than me and is, you know, more successful in business. But when I started this, I set those parameters for myself because I was clear about what success was to me in life, not in, in linear sort of fashion of business or investing. And I said to myself, I'll be successful as I possibly can be within those parameters. And, and for a long time, those parameters were kind of like 10 till three, for instance, and then I'll pick things up later on because I want to pick the kids up from school. And then, you know, I want to be as healthy as I can be or, or whatever in these parameters, but then they're only short parameters. I want to have as good a relationship as I can as working with your wife. Wow. That's literally impossible. But you know, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I sort of call it, you know, I'm, I now set myself the, the only game that you'll never win because yeah, you know, when I, when I like Nate Priestley, Priestley is a guy that kind of look up to, um, you know, he's in Leeds, same as me and guys just an absolute machine. I will never, develop on his scale and I will never be as successful as him in that respect and I absolutely take my heart to him he's an absolutely amazing guy in many respects but just when your ego starts to sort of punch away to there and go they're doing more than you look at what Danny's doing he's doing more than you and then you're going what is success to you mate what is success to you and that's a, it takes a huge amount of like controlling your own ego and being quite disciplined around what you said was going to make you happy now you can, that can change, of course, but it shouldn't change for the wrong reasons. It shouldn't change because you want to do more because other people are doing more. It should change because you change. But I haven't. I'm exactly the same bloke that came through who was a professional rugby player who had kids and wanted to be you know, everything to them and, and be successful in his own right across the board. Um, if that did change, life would be a bit easier, I think. But yeah. I, I think, again, I think that's an absolute gem what you just said there. And I really hope that people listening or watching can, can take something from that because I do think it takes a lot of discipline to do what you just said, though, you know, to set parameters. That is that I've, I do, I personally feel anyway, that that is a diff, quite difficult to do and you need strong discipline to say that you're only going to work these hours when the client says me at this time or the, 
investor says me, no, no, I got, I'm, I'm disciplined. I think, but I think probably a lot of that comes from sports. Yeah, and being st- strong-minded, discipline in sports is is a necessity. Just on the fitness side, um, do you work out every day, five days? You eat really healthy. What's your sort of habits and sort of rituals on on the health side? A bit. Off I'm, I'm definitely not, you know, kind of where I was. Um, and so for me, I'm always fighting a losing battle there as well. But um, I am. Um, I, I always think it's really interesting to look at people's worst days. Because we can all go on a diet, and I train five times this week, and I've always said, like, judge, judge me on my worst day. And so, I am absolute dog shit if I don't train. <laughs> oh yeah, grumpy, moody, yeah, all yeah, that to get yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, mate, we're investing, developing, we're business owners. I've got two kids, this, that, and the other. Like, I need to be on top of my game. If I don't work out in two days in a row, on that third day, you're not getting the best of me. I don't want that to change because that's a, that's a healthy habit. Right. So like, I've obviously that's grown through a sporting career. So, you know, I mean, I'm in that boat. I probably work out four or five times a week, every week, the quality of those workouts will, will differ. I have a unbelievably arthritic shoulder that I can't lift above that height and that needs replacing. Like that is a constant mental battle for me because I want to push myself, but I can't, and I'm in pain a huge amount of time. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not coming across as very healthy, am I? Um, <laughs> I I've been disciplined. You know, on my 18th birthday, I didn't go out because I was playing for England that week. So oh, wow. I've, I've done those bits. So now yeah. when it's time to socialise, time to socialise. Um, but my Monday to Friday is pretty, uh, pretty on point, pretty strict. I pretty much eat the same things all the time. <laughs> the people in our office... Chicken and rice and stuff like that, yeah? <laughs> yeah, no, the people, some of the people in our office think that I'm, like, addicted to these Kavag yogurts, which are, uh, like, 100... <laughs> oh, the Greek yogurts, yeah, the protein yogurts. Yeah, 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 like yeah. 14 grams of protein and 98 calories, something stupid like that. So they're just like, do you eat anything else? I'm like, I also... Um, Put some blueberries in sometimes. Yeah, retreat. <laughs> But I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not bothered for that. Like, I'm so busy from Monday to Friday that, like, food is fuel. So I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll do this for breakfast. I have a shake with me every day for, for lunch, you know, and do boom, 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 boom. And it's just it's just simplified. So that's not – it is a health thing, but it's also it, – it works for me. You know, I wear the same clothes most days. I'm like, I take the choice out of it, you know. <laughs> hopefully that, it's efficiency isn't it it's efficiency yeah, yeah. like make it easy for yourself you know atomic yeah. habits great book is i'm sure yeah top notch yeah you know, top let's, yeah let's, let's let's make it easy and let's let's be efficient and let's be let's create habits that support us so yeah it's, it's I, think, I think i think you have to be um i i, I see there's there's sort of similarities in, in the amount of stuff that i do with you as well you know in terms of we've both got two kids actually um both got partners, both got businesses outside of property, both got property, both got teams and all the other things. It is, you have to sacrifice other things, not sacrifice other things, but be streamlined and efficient. In mm-hmm. I, I have shakes as well because people laugh at us. In the morning, I just put eggs, porridge, fruit, honey and all this mad stuff in it, Nutribullet, blast it, neck yeah. it out the door. Because I haven't got time to make scrambled egg and porridge and all that. I just haven't got time for that. You know, um, you find the efficiencies where you can. I mean, I'm exactly yeah. the same. And it's just, yeah, it, you, 
and it, it, make, it makes you work that way. You, you fight, yeah. you, you, you're playing the impossible game to win. So you've got to ch- take, take the cheats while you can. Yeah. But if you can get half an hour back from making your breakfast in terms of time back to invest into something else, compound that over a year, it makes up for the time that we have to spend with kids and school drops and everything else, isn't it? Um, so I love that. Um, fair play for what you're doing and what you've done. It's, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, just to wrap up, last couple of questions. Um, I had a few actually, but um, just for essence of time, because I know you're busy. Um, what's it like working with your wife? <laughs> <laughs> I I just anybody, that one, if, you want, if you're on the podcast, you didn't say the way, you didn't see the way Terry asked that question, which was comedy gold. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, without a doubt, as I said to her, a couple of weeks ago, without a doubt, the hardest thing that I have to um, manage is is working with my wife, and and that's absolutely no discredit to Hannah, who is literally one of the most driven and amazing salespeople that you'll ever come across, um, and, it, and a truly sort of evolved character as well since I met her and, and we started this journey. So she's she's had as much growth as me, if not more. But just dealing with the discipline required to run businesses um, together, develop and invest together, have two kids, home life, you know, everything that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, and she is a different personality to me. She's like kind of a, you, know, you go down the personality type, she's very high red. She's very, very, very action orientated. And she's often running before you've kind of figured out where you're going on the map. So yeah, just, it's, very, very difficult, and <laughs> mentors of mine throughout the years could tell you some great stories of of coaching sessions where we've been literally at each other's throats, and um, it's very difficult. Hannah and I have found a way of working. Um, to some people in our space, like our relationship is pretty brutal. At times, we're not, or some people would would think we're not very nice to each other. But we have that brutal level of honesty as well, where you you go, like, love between my wife and I is unconditional, as it is with my kids. But she also knows what she's like. And so sometimes when it's kind of bang between the eyes, you need to hear this, oosh. Um, It's that way for a reason, and and vice versa. So we we found a way of working. Found a way, yeah. I don't think it's... Everyone's cup of tea, and um, it is a emotionally challenging thing. And but you know, at the same time, Terry, we do we don't do the same thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, you've got rules. Yeah, I take care of more of our developing. She takes care of more of our investing. Um, she's very heavily involved in in Northern Property Partners, and I'm kind of involved in the infrastructure of the group. So, um, yeah, it's. Mate, it's awesome. It, it's been an absolutely yeah. amazing journey, but but yeah, not everyone's yeah. coming to. <laughs> yeah, that's just the reason I ask is just on a personal level. I've got family members who work for me in the main business, and me and Louise have just set up um, just an SPV. We're just going to start buying some some SA units together. Um, so that's sort of coming. But I, it's, I was just curious more than anything. Obviously, it, um, I could, it's definitely going to have its challenges. I think. But if you if like you say you make it work and you decide rules and and yeah you make it work. Um, yeah, I mean to 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 just add to the other side of that, it also can be unbelievably rewarding. 
because yeah. we don't do it much, but if we were that way inclined, we'd sit down and, and recognise what we've built together. And I know sometimes I'm credited with 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 the lot because I'm kind of the the, the CEO, you know, the, the strategy divisions type character. Um, but we wouldn't be where we are without her without a shadow of doubt she knows i know that and, and vice versa so you know it's a team effort and Definitely. the speed i think that we have um done quite a lot in property over quite a small period of time is because you've got you're doubling your efforts yeah definitely love that um last last couple of questions mike i'll let you i'll let you go um the show's called rags to riches so what does being rich mean to you because you can be rich in time you can be rich in Friendships, relationships, monetary terms, obviously. Um, what does being rich mean to you? What does that phrase mean to you? <clears throat> my um, One of my mantras, which was like a Tony Robbins thing, going back probably eight years even um, before property, was I am grateful for living in abundance of love, health, wealth and happiness. And it's not changed. You know, we talk about, being rich and for me being rich is now we made a million quid this year wow you're rich is that wealth what did you do with a million quid spend it no you're not wealthy you know um so i'm i'm after generational wealth i'm after you know my kids having the choice and they won't be given everything but you know i want to create the the wealth the the long heavy sort of generational wealth is is what i would like to create but rich to me is is abundance in all, all areas of life, and I I aspire to have that well-rounded personality. That if I don't accomplish abundance of love, wealth, health, and happiness, that I know you know I'm letting myself down somewhere. So the the reason I only I'm, I'm disciplined on when I work is because I came into property for choice and it's important to exercise that choice. So on Thursday, I'm going to have a 6.30 p.m. dinner meeting because there's somebody that I really want to meet who can't meet at any of the time. She's going to be coming into our business. And that's a choice, you know? So I'm not, I'm not kind of saying, hey, I, don't, I never work, but it's a, it's, a, it's a choice. And at the same time, you know, I'm not in the office other than the Monday before 10, 30, because I want to go to the gym first, a choice. So it's it's always about it's always I, I can't you know rich rich in choice, rich in time, um, and as I said half an hour ago, don't don't make you think that that doesn't mean that I haven't got big financial goals, but that's what wealth is to me. Love that, absolutely love that. I think it's been a really really great episode. I've really enjoyed it. I think there's. There's loads of things that you've said there that whole people can learn from, relate to, put into practice, and hopefully we've had a little bit of a light bulb moment. Mike, if anybody wants to reach out to you, get in contact with you, find out more about you, what's the best way? Uh, any which way you like. I'm, I'm pretty active or certainly um, try to be from an Instagram point of view. I think it's Mike Aspinall Property. Um, so, you know, I I'm, I'm endeavour to, to get back to people who are asking interesting questions maybe not if it's too dull um <laughs> do you mean you, you do you not come back to the the, the crypto messages you get in <laughs> i'll increase your instagram following by fifty thousand when they've got 10 followers yeah you don't reply to them no <laughs> Jeez, it's painful <laughs> um, yeah no I'm, I'm there and um 
Oh, I, we're, we're pretty transparent with our businesses and everything. So if you if you look hard enough, I'm sure you find me a email address, etc. Um, yeah, more than happy to to talk to people that that are on that wavelength or want to grow their portfolios, use our services, or, or whatever we can do for people. Love that, love that. Thank you so much, mate. I appreciate your time today, uh, and uh, thanks again. Pleasure. Cheers. See Tara. you soon. Thanks, mate.